It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPN2, ESPNU. The ESPN app, all of our great ESPN stations across the country, Sirius XM Channel 80, and you can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line by calling us at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. And you can weigh in on a couple of things that are out there. Dak Prescott, do you trust him right now to give him a contract extension at some point and keep him as your franchise guy? Brock Purdy, one week ago today, we sat here and he's, we said, if he has a big game against the San Francisco 49ers, excuse me, against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, he's an MVP candidate. I'll say right now, he's the MVP of the NFL. He is the best player as a quarterback on the best team right now. He's the quarterback of the best team. He's the MVP. I love watching him play. Now, and they won 42-10. to 10. Now, as a Pats fan, yesterday was ugly. 34-0, the Saints <laughs> beat them. Um, let me just, I'm going to give you all the context here and then I will sit here and I will take left hooks and right hooks. Cause we're so, ready. Yeah, I know you are just some context here. The new Orleans saints had 10 straight games where they were under 20 points offensively. They scored 34 yesterday. Okay. New England had never had back to back 30 point plus losses, um, in the bill Belichick era. I don't believe. And, uh, yeah, none under Robert Kraft or anything like that. Nope. Uh-oh. They have been outscored in their last two games, 72-3. to three. Uh-huh. Mac Jones completed 12 total passes, did not have a touchdown, and had 110 yards. They're horrible. They're bad at absolutely everything. All three phases, bad at. There's nothing they're good at. They're good at. At all. In any way, shape, or form. I will take the punches. Go ahead. Throw them at me. Well, I know you're a Bill Belichick guy. I love Belichick. What'd you call him? Billy F. Baby? Yeah. Like, that's your guy, right? I love him. He is not only the head coach, he is the GM. He is in charge of all football operations. The buck only stops with one person. It's great to have all the power and control when things are going good. When they're as bad as they are right now, there's only one person to blame. And I'm sorry, it's your guy. I'm I'm here. Keep punching at me. I didn't know if you had a rebuttal for that. No, I'm just going to take all the punches first. Go I, ahead. I just, just want to give out. I got, I got CC I, laughing before I, anybody I, even I, talks. I, I am laughing because, Smalls, this is hard to do in an NFL game. <laughs> the, ga- the game is 60 minutes. This is hard to do. So the Patriots had 156 yards of total offense, which is absolutely anemic. Yeah. The, the most depressing stat, if you're a Patriots fan today, now, not to mention you got goose egged at home after you got embarrassed on the road in Dallas in week four. You had eight first downs the entire game. Eight. Here's the kicker. Three of them were because of penalties from the Saints defense. Ooh. Think about you had your offense was able to get five real first downs. Five in four quarters of football. Are you kidding me? 
That is absolutely anemic. And you can tell me all this crap about, oh, we're going to take Mac Jones out and put Bailey Zappi in because there's no point in leaving oh, no, him he's in the game. Not that good, yeah. Bailey, both of them are awful. They cut yeah. Bailey Zappi. Yeah, yeah, Don't I, forget that. But but they cut Bailey Zappi, but they benched Mac Jones. That, that's where they're at. Oh. We, we benched him in back-to-back weeks because he's bad, not, only to see the backup who's absolutely abysmal, who's worse. They have no good options at the quarterback. Now, I'm not saying that the quarterback is all of the issues, but I think that Bill Belichick did himself a disservice in year two of the development of a first-round pick at quarterback. You decided to allow a defensive coordinator to be your offensive coordinator. And listening to Dan Orlovsky and other people that played the position at a high level break it down, RG3 among them, they said that Bill Belichick did irreparable harm Uh to the growth and development of Mac Jones. And now you're seeing – when they got to depend on this guy to be a force multiplier in year three, he's in, incapable of it because of the regression that happened in year two. So there are a lot of different moving parts here. But again, like Small says, the buck stops with Bill Belichick. Either we're talking about the criticisms of him as a head coach or the criticisms of him as a general manager. Either way, I mean, you're talking about Bill Belichick getting closer and closer to no longer being the guy that's wearing the headset as the head coach in the hoodie on the sideline for the Patriots. Also, one more thing to throw in there, Evan, before you give us your rebuttal. CC talked about the offense. Bill Belichick, defensive guy, is going to pour all his resources into the defense. 72-3 to the past two games, as you mentioned, mm. they've been outscored. 69 unanswered points, Evan. Now, a lot of that it was because the offense is so bad, they give them terrible field position. By the way, here's the thing. You bring up Matt Patricia last year running the offense. Okay, I'm going to say this quietly and quickly here so Uh-oh. nobody remembers that I I'm said waiting. this. Their offense was better last year than it is this year. That's the scary part. Their offense actually showed more signs of life last year than it has this year. As scary as that sounds. Because last year what would happen is they'd move the ball and then make a mistake. They don't even move the ball anymore at all in any way, shape, or form. Last year they actually had moments. I'm not suggesting Matt Patricia is better than Bill O'Brien. Trust me. What I'm saying to you is... Their offense actually at times looked better last year than it does this year. And I'm glad you guys went where you went, though. You're talking about this year's team, and you're talking about the future. Because people have gone to this place of, well, all is forgotten in the past. Belichick can't coach, right? Which is not fair in any way, shape, or form. People have done that with Phil Jackson, right? Oh, we only coached Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the mark of a great coach is still getting the most out of great players, and Belichick has always done that. And, CeCe, I'm glad you've said it the way you've said it today because at no point have you taken a shot historically at Belichick's accomplishments. If you want to say, based on what you've seen this year, I've seen enough, we're moving forward, it's time to hand it off to Gerard Mayo or somebody like that on their staff, no issues. But you know, you look at social media and some of the critics out there, he can't win without Brady, etc. Now, he hasn't. I get that. Don't diminish what he's done previously. No, and I think people always want to get into this conversation about who won the divorce, whether it's Belichick or Brady, and who was more responsible for the dynasty. Oh, it's obviously Brady because he was able to leave and have success somewhere else. Let me tell you something. Tom Brady doesn't develop into who he is without Bill Belichick as his head coach. And Bill Belichick coached all phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. This guy was doing it all when he was in his prime in terms of coaching people. What evidence do I have that he does that at at a higher level than anybody else? All you got to do is look at his assistants. When his assistants leave, it ain't like they go up and light up the NFL. They all struggle, which tells me that the guy that's stirring the Kool-Aid, the one that's responsible for making a difference and getting this team to have the kind of success they've enjoyed over the last two decades is the hoodie. 
It's Belichick. Sure. He's the one that's most responsible for the Patriots dynasty in the 2000s and the 2010s. But I think people are going to take this opportunity to take shots at him just because he's been at the top of the mountain for so long. Now, 100%. I don't think we need to sugarcoat what it is in the here and now with Belichick. It's ugly. It's, it's ugly, and I, I haven't seen any signs that he's going to be able to coach his way out of it or he's going to be able to rebuild this team on the fly. It's not going to happen. And if you take what Robert Kraft said this offseason at face value, the comments about not allowing players to chase individual success and accolades and not extending that to the head coach because that's not what they do, that's not the Patriot way, I think we all have to consider that this could be it for Bill Belichick in 2023. This could be the time. We don't see coaches in, in their mid-70s in the NFL. It really don't happen. He's the second oldest coach in the NFL behind Pete Carroll. There's a difference between how the Seahawks have played the last couple of years versus how the Patriots have played the last couple of years. I, I don't see Robert Kraft extending that courtesy to Bill Belichick, even though Belichick has given them six titles. Well, I, Go ahead, Smalls. I was just going to say, I also don't see Belichick, though, going quietly into the night. Do you? I don't see this divorce happening without some major drama and fireworks because – I mean, Evan, you, this is your team. You know Bill Belichick better than anybody. But as an observer I, and somebody that read Seth Wickersham's book, which is a great look into the Belichick-Brady dynasty, but most importantly, the mind of Bill Belichick, I can't see him saying, yeah, I'm the problem. I'm going to go away like this. I, I can't see him wanting this to be the end. Well, and I hope it's not. I really I really don't want any other coach as a, as a Patriot fan. I have no interest in any other coach. But, you know, I tweeted this yesterday at Evco Radio, Dr. Pepper, Inbox. And this is how I feel in my realest of moments, if I'm going to be as fair as I can to all the critiques of Belichick. Bill Belichick put a system together that works greater than any other system in the history of the sport, right? He has coached the greatest offensive player, Brady, defensive player, LT, arguably special teams player, Matthew Slater, of all time, Mm -hmm. right? And he does it when someone is as great as he is or better than he is that can run it, i.e. Tom Brady. Problem is... When you don't have someone as good as Brady, Mac Jones, or you don't have someone as good as Belichick and Brady, all of his assistants doing it elsewhere, it's not a fail-safe system, right? It's a mistake-free, call things at the line of scrimmage, read things. What we've seen with the Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan offense, it's pretty fail-safe. It works everywhere right now around the league. The Belichick system works with Belichick and someone near as good as he is, or maybe better in the case of Brady. It's not a, you know... Fits for every one kind of system. Well, I don't, I don't think that's how Bill Belichick coaches either. I don't think it's about system as much as it is about philosophy. Think players first, then plays. That's everybody off the Bill Parcells tree. That's their mantra. And so I say think that again. Think, think players first, then plays. So it's not about the system and X's and O's. It's about looking at my talent and developing a game plan that can beat their talent. And what do we say about the Patriots? Week to week, offense, defense, and special teams, they morph into, they ha- into who they have to be in order to win games. Bill did that better than anyone for over the course of, what, three or four decades? Even going back to when he was defensive coordinator for the New York Giants, developed that game plan against the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. Like, he is a masterful game planner, Uh but I think he's lost his touch when it comes to maintaining a standard of excellence that we've seen in Foxborough over the last two decades. I think he's lost his touch when it comes to relating to this generation of athlete. The the Patriot way that everybody's adopted, it's cool when you get in front of the team and you undress Tom Brady in those meeting rooms. 
But how do you send the message that no man is above the team now when you can't undress the best player in football? So why how can't do you, he put a game do... plan together now then? No, CJ? I'm not saying that he can't put a game plan no, together. No, I'm saying that. No, I'm saying no, it doesn't it, but, look like they have a great game plan any of these but, weeks. But what I'm saying is it's not just about the game plan. It's about being able to get everybody in the locker room to adopt the standard of excellence that they've lived up to for the last two decades, and he just can't do it. For whatever reason, he can't get buy-in with the guys in the locker room. You hear players in that locker room talking about a lack of effort. When the hell have you ever heard that for the Patriots? Never. There's just, a reason for that. It doesn't look like – they don't look like them. Even in a loss, they don't look like a Belichick coach team right now. I don't think – here's the thing. I don't think Bill Belichick has forgotten football. The, the man has, has been yeah. in the National Football League since 1975. It's not about him forgetting football. But I do think there is a gap when it comes to the talent level on this team in comparison to everybody else. But more so, I think the buy-in or lack thereof – is what's costing this team, especially when they play against quality competition. You can't be the the team that needs the New York Jets to be your saving grace every single week because that's their only win on the season. You can't. You don't play the Jets every week. You're gonna have to play other teams, and you're gonna have to find a way to have success. And unfortunately for Patriots fans, again, I think this is gonna be the long goodbye for Belichick because it's going to get uglier as this season continues to progress. It's easy to get people to fight for you when the best quarterback of all time is the one that's buying in. No doubt. And I think we've seen that erosion since Tom Brady left, not only in what we've seen in the X's and the O's, he's 26 and 29 in the regular season since Brady left, but in that culture. And I'm not taking anything away from him because he's the one that instilled that, he's the one that put that system in place. But it's a lot easier to get other top tier talent to want to come there and want to buy in when Tom Brady, as cliche as it is, is first one in last Last one out. Yeah. No one was more dedicated to the game, to their body, to their preparation than Tom Brady. If you're Julian Edelman, if you're Rob Gronkowski, if you're anyone on that defense, you don't want to not match that standard. So I think it's been hard for Belichick in the wake of Tom Brady's absence to get people to buy in the same way. He's the culture. Brady's the culture, right? And and Belichick's the system. It's funny. Just quick story. There's a, there's a tale. Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr go out to dinner like every summer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they tell this story. Where before they eat, they order the most expensive bottle of wine. They have a toast, and they say to Tim Duncan because they know they could pay for that meal <laughs> yeah. because it's Tim Duncan, Love right? It. It's the same thing. And Belichick has always said, "Players win game, co- win games. Coaches lose games." So I'll take him at his word. He's a coach. He's lost a lot of games this year, and to his standard, it's not enough. But here's the thing: everybody wants to talk about him staying around until he passes Don Shula's record. How the hell is he going to pass Don Shula's record anytime soon with this team? Well, not with that quarterback. I'll tell you that much. That's for sure. Coming up, are the Dolphins really good or are the teams they're beating just really bad? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. A reminder, the road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. I'll catch all the postseason action on ESPN Radio and ESPN app. Something very odd just happened during the break. i got to throw somebody under the bus here. Pat What's Costello, happening? producer of this show. One of the producers said to me, hey, listen, without sounding like a jerk, i got to ask you something. <laughs> Um, did you dye your hair? And I said, yeah, I don't like when the sideburns are all gray. So, yeah, I dyed it the, with, with the look. You, you see, it looks better this way. There you go. I'm got not, a little, got a little Just for Men in there? Yeah. Okay. By the way, Just for Men, if you're looking hello. for somebody. Hello. Let's go. Hey Let's now. Go. But, Let's you know, go. Pat does it like he's trying to, like, embarrass me. I'm not embarrassed. I'm good to no, go. No, I was I'm trying to do to the opposite. I was trying to be so nice and, like, gentle about it. Yeah, I don't like delicate. the way it looks like with, with the, the, with the gray. Asks. Anyway. All right. Um. You know, the Dolphins have had an interesting start to this season, the AFC East in general, right? I mean, when we look at the um, New York Jets, they're not the team that we anticipated they would be because of the Rodgers injury. They win the Hackett Bowl yesterday. Mm -hmm. The Buffalo Bills have the standalone London game yesterday, and they lose that game to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And by the way, the Jaguars had two different drives, end of the first half, end of the third quarter into the fourth quarter, surgical drives. That they then fumbled the football. So it actually could have been worse than the 25-20 loss for the Buffalo Bills. But the Dolphins win yesterday 31-16 over the Giants. There was that viral video of Evan Neal who was talking junk about the fans last week, basically with an Olay block at the end of that, like just letting the <laughs> defender run by him. And I hadn't thought about this, and Nuno, one of our other producers here, of course, brought up an interesting point. Are the Dolphins that good or is their schedule that easy? Think about this. They have at the Chargers 36-34. They beat the Pats. The Pats stink. 24-17. They destroy the Broncos 70-20, and then they beat the Giants 31-16. The one really good team they played are ish. The Bills, they lose 48-20. See, see, I don't want to take anything away from the Dolphins, but I think Nuno has led us into potentially taking things away from the Dolphins here. I don't know that it matters with the Dolphins. Like, we're asking, are, are they a product of their schedule, or, or are they an actual good team? And when we start looking at the landscape of the AFC East— the New York Jets are on a backup quarterback. The New England Patriots are irrelevant. They're not going to be in a conversation. And then the Buffalo Bills don't look like they're going to be roller able to coaster. survive the yeah. war of attrition. Not even just a roller coaster with Josh Allen. I'm just talking about the injuries. I mean, they Matt lost Trey, They lost yeah. Trey White two weeks ago. They lost Matt Milano. Uh, what looks like a season-ending knee injury yesterday. I, I just don't know they're going to be able to survive all of the injuries that they've been dealing with, especially yeah. in their front seven. So. Yeah, it might not matter whether or not they're a product of their schedule or if they're an actual good team because it feels like they're about to run away with the AFC East. So the way I view the Dolphins is a team that should be competing for a Super Bowl. You know, they're, they set the NFL record for most yards through a team's first five game of the season. They mm -hmm. passed the St. Louis Rams, the greatest show on turf, 2,527 yards. And by the way, they did it at a point in, in the game where they could certainly add more, which I think is really impressive. But to me, if you're going to be named, mentioned in the same breath as the greatest show on turf, the result has to be a Super Bowl. So when I look at the teams that the Miami Dolphins have gone up against, the quality of talent 
talent eh, doesn't really inspire a lot of confidence in me. So while I'm so impressed with the offense as a whole, as you say, when they're going, it's the most explosive unit in football. But for me to really believe that they're going to be a Super Bowl contender, which is where I think we should be having the conversation around the Miami Dolphins, I'm going to need to see them beat more people than the Patriots and the Broncos and the Giants. Well, we're going to get a chance in the next couple of weeks because they've got an easy layup game against the Carolina Panthers at home. Then they're on the road Sunday night football against the Eagles. We'll find out about them when they play that team. And then two weeks after that, they play the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. So we'll, we'll be able to figure out what the Miami Dolphins are or aren't. But I still don't think that changes the conversation about the AFC East. Because I think that there is going to be some struggles for the Buffalo Bills based on all of the injuries that they have on the defensive side of the ball in particular. And then with the Jets, again, that's an up-and-down team because they're on their backup quarterback, Zach Wilson, even though they have a good defense. And the Patriots are not going to be in it. So, again, I, I think the the Miami Dolphins, as long as they don't get in their own way and Tua does a better job of protecting the football than he did the last two games because he's had three turnovers between the Bills and the New York Giants, including a pick-six which is inexplicable right before halftime yesterday. As long as he does a better job of protecting the football than he did the last two weeks, this Dolphins team should win the AFC East. You know, Smalls brought up the stat that was going around yesterday about yards, and I was thinking about this. Like, does that matter? Yes. More so than, like, I mean, but well, yards doesn't always equal points. Well, it should, but that's that's the thing. So turnovers skews it a little bit, yeah. but Parcells' philosophy was 100 yards should equal seven points. So if you give so me for a, every hundred yards, every hundred yards of offense we have, it should equal seven points, and it. and it does pretty. It's it's pretty. It's a pretty good measuring stick in terms of your team's ability to score, how many yards you gain. So them going over twenty five hundred yards in the first five games, first team in NFL history to do that, averaging over five hundred yards of total offense, that's a good thing. Like I don't. It doesn't matter who you play, no matter how you slice it. This is a team that can move the football, and if you continue to do so, you're going to score points. So the Miami Dolphins, they have a 55 percent chance to win the division. So that's pretty good based on ESPN's analytics. They got the best shot at winning the division of anybody in the AFC East. So I, I think that this is a team that we got to look like look at after what happened in Week Five as the front runner to win the division. And then if you're hosting a home playoff game. Who knows how deep of a playoff run you can go on. Does that yardage mark impress you more when you think about how much they've run the ball? Well, they run the ball through people, and they have the fastest runners around. And But here's why I asked the question about that, because sometimes having a lot of yardage also could mean bad starting field position. It also doesn't necessarily mean you're scoring in that spot. Now, two things, by the way, from the two AFC East games we're talking about, with the Dolphins uh, in their win against the Giants and then the Bills in their loss against the Jaguars. Um Number one, did you see the moment where Tyreek Hill scored a touchdown, went into the stands, tried to give the ball to his mom, and mm-hmm. some dude intercepted that? Yes. Yeah. I mean, come on. But then he did, he did. He gave it back to But his you're a mom. grown man. Well, I, I don't think he knew that that was You think Tyreek Hill's coming into the crowd to give the ball to a grown Pro- man? Probably not. <laughs> but, I mean, he wanted the Tyreek Hill football when he realized it was his mom. Then he, gave, he, right. had, he had some act right. But yeah. One just... of the things that I can never understand in this world is when grown adults go crazy at sporting events for, like, free T-shirts. It's a triple X. It's got logos all over it. From <laughs> oh, Miami. I like that. I'll go for the you, free T-shirt. You're going to go nuts and uh, spill your beer that costs you way more than the T-shirt costs in Great order point. for you to get the free T-shirt There's something, that you're going to wear mowing the lawn? There's an accomplishment that you to grabbing. Caught, that you caught the T-shirt? I got these You're going to t- rest easy because you spilled your beer on an elderly person to no, get no. a free T-shirt? I'm not going to knock somebody. You know somebody sitting down. It's me and the. I'm not going to knock some person down. But yes, I get it. But the free stuff is always fun to get. Now in the Bills game, there was the moment where Steph Diggs had the iPad, or excuse me, the tablet, and he threw it to the ground. And there's seemingly always this like underlying Josh Allen Steph Diggs stuff 
that you're not sure. Are they on the same page? They're not on the same page. Numerically, they look like they're on the same page. But, CeCe, you're never 100% sure of that with those two guys, it feels like. Yeah, you wonder whether it was Steph Diggs fumbling the ball that he was mad at himself or whether he was mad at Josh Allen for throwing a pick. You right. Just, you just yeah, don't, don't know. know. You don't know. You just don't know. The other thing that I thought was interesting, and LeBron tweeted about this, that Trevor Lawrence had a LeBron James audible call. That he screamed out LeBron James, which I have to assume is left or I mean, how, like, right? You come up with names based on the direction or how, like on the audible call, CC. Sometimes, sometimes. So if you hear that as a defender, he says LeBron James. Are you assuming that means left? I have no idea. You have to let the game play out, but eventually you're going to figure out exactly. You what just it figure means. that stuff yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you say it or do you say LeBron James? Like, no, how he, do you say he it? said it that way. <laughs> Actually, LeBron did. LeBron said it that way. Uh, coming up, I guess Texas isn't necessarily. Back. We'll get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPN2, ESPNU, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. We're looking for your Unsportsmanlike moments of the weekend. What does that mean? You're funny, out-of-bounds, bad moments from the weekend. At 888-SAY-ESPN, that's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. We had some unsportsmanlike moments, funny moments, from the weekend in college football. Will Ferrell is the DJ at the <laughs> USC game. That was Frank the Tank. That was fun. That, that, was, that, that was like Mitchell Oh, wow. So you're yeah. saying he was totally in character in that. That's interesting. That's a good one. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Um... We also had, um, I believe what CC has is his unsportsmanlike moment of the weekend. <laughs> and um, just for context, this is also going to – I've had a lot of moments today that are going to hurt here. Uh, as a Pats fan, I did University of Miami post-game shows for three years, so I certainly uh, take a liking to the U. It's not where I went to school, but um, the U had an interesting <laughs> game on Saturday, CC. Go ahead, Mario Cristobal, your unsportsmanlike moment of the weekend, the head coach at the University of Miami. Okay, so you got the ball with less than a minute to go, up three, right? I mean, listen, conventional wisdom would say just take a knee, run out the clock, no timeouts for Georgia Tech. What are we doing? They decide they're going to run the ball, so their running back, Donald Chain Jr., fumbles the ball, and Georgia Tech recovers the ball at their own 26-yard line. So think about this. The, the, the Hurricanes have the ball in the plus 30 part of the field. They could have taken a knee. Game is over. It's less than a minute to go. They decide they're going to actually run a play. They run the ball, end up fumbling the ball. Then they turn around and they give up a bomb for a touchdown, a 44-yard touchdown play. You got a guy on the offensive line on the bench saying, what are we doing? What the 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 bleep are we doing? What are we doing? Like, 
It's the perfect example of good players being unable to overcome bad coaching. There's no world in which Mario Cristobal should have ran the football. You just take a knee, run the clock out, win the game. What are you trying to run up the stats? You trying to get some fantasy football points? <laughs> like I don't know what's happening right now. Like it's just like you snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Hey, hey, Mario, let's, let's hear what he had to say because I want you to react to what he had to say because I want to understand is there reasoning behind this? Here's Cristobal post game. You know, when the drive started, it was going to be at 157. You know, and um, we could burn about 127 off, and then it was recalibrated. Um, I should have taken the timeout right there at the end. Thought he could get the first down, and you know, we talked about two hands on the ball, but that's not good enough. Just should have told him to take any in. That's it. Fumbled the ball at 25, and. They went 75 yards in two plays, so no excuse. Okay, is there any reasoning behind why you don't take a knee? I mean, we just heard his reasoning there, but, like, because you'd have a couple of seconds left maybe and you wouldn't know what to do in that spot, CC, Is there any reasoning behind it? I don't think there is. I mean, they had already burned their last two timeouts on, on the previous plays of the drive. Yeah. You had an opportunity to just take a knee. It was done. The game was over. The game was over. Again, the play was third and 10 with 33 seconds left. 30, all he had to do was take a knee and run the clock out. It's done. The game is done. So there would have been no time left. He there would have been no time. Yeah. There would have been no time left. There was no excuse. It just, the, 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 the rationale makes no sense. And that's one of those, as a player, it's tough to stomach. That's our first loss of the season. And that's how it happens. Come on, coach. You got to give us a chance. We got a we got an opportunity to put together something special for the season, and that's how we lose. Like the offensive lineman was right. What the bleep are we doing? He deserves to ask that question. And Mar- Mario Cristobal is going to have to look them dudes in the eye today and give them a mea culpa because that's on him. They played well enough to win that football game. They had the game in hand, and you cost your guys an opportunity to put another win, another W in the win column. I, I just I I haven't seen anything like that. Cristobal, to his credit, said it was the worst coaching job he's ever done but that still doesn't make up for it the way that he said it because those kids were heartbroken on the sideline you could see it in their faces oh absolutely is this one of the most baffling coaching decisions you've ever seen because you have what would you say 35 33 seconds left no I, I have one that comes to mind immediately when anybody asked that question do you remember that fake punt that the Colts had against the Pats on Sunday Night Football mm-hmm. I think McAfee was a part of it not, and I'm not blaming Pat in any way shape or form it was the worst fake punt I've ever seen in my life where yeah. it was like three guys in one spot and then yeah. it was a disaster like in terms of that the kind of decision I mean that's that's terrible it's absolutely terrible now to be fair they did give up a 44 yard touchdown the other way which makes it even worse because that was a walk-off The touchdown. defense didn't think they were going back no, on the field. That's, that's you got guys true. taking off their tape on the sideline. What the hell are you talking? No, see, I'm not going to let you do that, Ab. I'm not going to let you do that. You're not going to put that on the defensive guys. I'm, I'm not going to let you do that. Saying. Man, if I was on that team, I'm like, man, we got a dub. We got a dub. And hey, I, can't, I can't wait to get back to Miami. We're going to celebrate 5-0, and oh, baby. We got the bottles popping. Let's go. Clevelander on deck. And then look what happens. Our, our, our coach calls the code red on us. How does that I, I happen? Don't understand. And Mario, how does Mar- that happen? Mario Cristobal is known as like this disciplined football coach who then does that. He worked for Nick Saban, by the way. What a good win this weekend! Another win. Alabama's quietly just playing decent football right now. But the big game over the weekend, and we heard the highlight coming in there, uh, courtesy of Learfield, Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma wins that game last second drive, uh, five play, 75 yards, a minute two, I believe, or, uh, with down 30 to 27. And Dylan Gabriel did a tremendous job late in that game, outperformed Quinn Ewers, and Oklahoma beats Texas 34-30. 
I don't know that we could say Texas is fully back yet, even though I've said they are because of their quarterback system that they have now with Ewers and then Arch Manning. But obviously Oklahoma did a heck of a job over the weekend. This is why when you said that on Friday, I said Texas is not back until they make a playoff or win a national championship. Because how many times... Ever since Joe Tess had the famous Texas is back, folks, we want to anoint them as back, and it's always <laughs> premature. And I know they're having a great season, but you, if you are really back, you do not drop a game like that. Yeah, they dropped the game like no, that. No, you got to give credit where credit is due. Dylan Gabriel was amazing in that game. I mean, being able to engineer that drive in the last two minutes of the game and lead them down for a touchdown, that was an unbelievable in terms of high-level quarterback play, you usually don't see that type of poise from college kids. That was an incredible moment for him. He's had some bad breaks in his collegiate career, a lot of injuries, being able to overcome all of those things and put together the kind of season that he's got going. It's, it's damn impressive. I thought that there was an opportunity for Sark on that last drive that Texas had to give Quinn Ewers an opportunity to win the game rather than being conservative with the play calling and settling for the field goals. I thought you had an opportunity to go for it. You had an opportunity to give it to your quarterback and you decided that you wanted to play it conservatively. You left too much climb on the clock for Oklahoma and Dylan Gabriel, and they burned you for it. Well, and the number one team in the country keeps winning. Georgia won again this weekend. But their coach may be one of my unsportsmanlike of the weekend candidates here. Uh, Kirby Smart, phenomenal coach, two-time champion in a row here. He was asked a question uh, over the weekend that I don't believe his answer. Let's take a listen to what Kirby had to say. Go back to that wrecking ball um, that you were talking about. Like, in my head, I'm envisioning Miley Cyrus. But what are you – is it, like, actual – I don't know who Miley Cyrus is. Like, what is it – what does she have to do with a wrecking ball? Well, she has a song called Wrecking Ball. Huh? She came in like a wrecking ball. I know Eric Church wrecking ball. Okay. He doesn't know who Miley Cyrus is. Are we believing that? Are we calling that unsportsmanlike? I believe him. He, you think he doesn't know who Miley Cyrus is? I believe him. These football coaches, they don't live the same life we do. They don't have exposure to the outside world the way that we do. Do you really think the guys in his locker room are playing Miley Cyrus? <laughs> CC, do you buy it? Prowess. I buy it. So, like, these coaches live in a world that we don't live in. They're, they're in a silo, yes. Like, they've ne- never heard of her. Yeah. He's watching tape. He's making phone calls. He's recruiting. He's not, I, I don't think, on you know Spotify or iTunes being like, let me see what's happening in the pop world. What's wow. Miley up That's, to? It's unsportsmanlike. Kirby Smart over the weekend. <laughs> All right, coming up, I'm over it. But first, Canty has this from Granger. Ah, uh, yes, for the ones who get it done. Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com 
slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Before we get into your calls and back into the NFL, Pat Costello, our producer, is always angry about something. Mm -hmm. And today we find out, as always, what he's over with another round of I'm Over It. What do you got, Pat? Well, first off, it's Sean Payton. Uh, I'm not convinced Sean Payton is this like legendary, amazing coach that everyone says he is. Agreed. Uh, I don't understand why we hype him up like he is Vince Lombardi or Bill Belichick or something like that. He's basically just Mike McCarthy. Like, what what has he really done? He's won one Super Bowl, but what has he done outside of that that's been like this legendary thing where he could have lifted Russell Wilson in the Broncos? There's no evidence to support that was ever going to be true. 100% agree. I've been saying that forever. He and Mike McCarthy have the same resume, and I think they're both excellent coaches, but Sean Payton is not like some elite Hall of Fame $17 million a year coach like he's paid. Whoa, 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 whoa. Guys, pump the brakes. Sean is one of the best offensive minds in football. Now, I know it doesn't look like it because he's got the Russell Wilson-led Denver Broncos offense, but Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy did not step into the same head coaching situation. Mike McCarthy Currently took over. Yeah. yeah, Mike McCarthy. I'm just talking about New Orleans. No, yeah. Not even that. I'm talking about the New Orleans Saints versus the Green Bay Packers. Like where they won their Super Bowls. Uh-huh. It was not the same. Think about what the New Orleans Saints were before Sean Payton got there. And he got a reclamation team with a reclamation quarterback because a lot of people in the NFL were out on Drew Brees. Uh-huh. Nick Saban wanted Drew Brees in Miami. The doctors wouldn't clear him. That's how bad the medical was. Sean took him. Made the most of it. Not only brought a team back from the ashes, but brought a city back post-Hurricane Katrina. That's why everybody has this affinity towards Sean and his sustained success in New Orleans. Mike McCarthy just stepped in in a situation that was already rolling. A situation that already had you know, legendary coaches in there. Whether it was Mike Holmgren, whether it was John Gruden. A ton of great coaches that had rolled into Green Bay. He already had the quarterback in place in Aaron Rodgers. He didn't have to do any of it except ride the wave. It's a different situation when we're talking about what Sean did versus what Mike McCarthy did. They are not the same coach. So I completely disagree with Pat Costello. And Evan, are you trying to say that because you're such a Russ guy that you want to somehow no, make this Sean Payton's fault? Okay. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is both Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy, in my mind, are really good. And I think that Sean Payton is looked at. Context obviously matters, like what Chris just said, in a way that Mike McCarthy is not. Sean Payton also had three straight seven to nine seasons not making the playoffs with Drew Brees as his quarterback, and you never hear that. What else are you over, Pat? I'm over this Brady Belichick debate on like who did who was the reason for all the success? Was it Brady or Belichick? Uh, they were both amazing. They both won six Super Bowls. Who cares? They were like they're both Hall of Famers. Agreed. 
but Brady's won seven, but they won six together, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah, think here's the, here's the problem. And we do this Kobe versus Shaq. We did it with Michael and Scotty or versus Scotty. Why can't we put an end? Why do we have to put a versus? Why do we have to do Brady versus Belichick? Why can't we just sit back and say Brady and Belichick? Because there's no way either one of them ever would have been as good as they were without the other one. No way. Go ahead, Smalls. Because of the way it ended. In this specific instance, that's where there needs to be the verses in there. Because Belichick wanted to move on from Brady. Robert Kraft wasn't so sure. You had to make a decision. And there was a divorce. And because Brady went on to have the ultimate success in Tampa Bay and Bill Belichick has been eroding ever since in New England, that's why the verses is in place. Okay. Yes, it was a symbiotic relationship. They both needed one another in order to have success. But when it ends in the manner in which it did in New England, we're ultimately, it's just human nature. We're going to pit the two against one another. And I think in an extension of what Small said, we always try to find a way to explain the phenomenon that we just saw, which is the Patriots going to nine Super Bowls and winning six of them. How did that happen? We want to know, okay, how did it happen? The development of Tom Brady, the evolution of Bill Belichick as one of the greatest football coaches of all time. We want to explain how it happened. We want to divide who gets what credit for what. And I think that's a part of our process in being able to wrap our minds around the excellence that we've seen in Foxborough over the last two decades. It's it's them being a victim of their own success. Right. It's not to discredit one, but it's trying to uh, assign who's more I guess, responsible for what we were able to witness. It's a great answer. I've never heard it answered that way because I like I think as you guys are talking, we don't do that with Popovich and Duncan who won five championships. We don't say who is more responsible. Now, maybe that's because Popovich is over the top with the Duncan thing, but it ended well. Yeah. So you're saying if those two just in a – because it's the most fair comp I guess I can give. If it ended poorly, you're saying we would do the verses in that yeah. spot? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a decision that had to be, literally, they had to choose, you or you. And so when you're making a choice, you or you, there's a versus in between that. And Shaq and Kobe didn't end well between the two of them, so we do the versus. Yeah. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Next one, Pat. People who get mad at me when my order gets messed up and I have to, like, send food back or something, if I have a server or, or something like that, that gets angry with me because something got messed up that I ordered. I didn't do it. I'm just telling you that you got my thing wrong. I would please like the correct thing that I'm paying for. Do not get angry with me. Well, it depends on how you go about complaining. I'm not a bit like if they get my order wrong, I'm always tentative to even say anything because I just like feel badly. I go into that place. I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to do this. And you don't want them to ruin your food. (laughs) Right. But I don't want to be the guy that's like, you know, I actually ordered it with no no broccoli, but you put the broccoli in there. I don't want to be that guy. So I also knowing Pat a little bit here in the first five weeks of the show. There may be a little bit of the way Pat says it to the waiter or waitress could get them angry at him. Just throwing that out there. Is that not a possibility with him? No, that's a possibility. <laughs> I just think anytime you get into you know a disagreement about what you order versus what you get, it gets dicey. Because if you're asking them to fix it, I'm not sure. Do you sure. send food back? I'm not, food no, center? I'm not a food. We've already established yeah, this. Neither. I'm not sending food back if it's not the way I wanted it. Either I'm going to make the adjustments at the table or I'm just not going to eat it at all. That's what it is. And I'm not going to. And here's the thing. I'll ask them to take it off of the bill, but I'm not going to order anything else. Because I know what's coming out of that kitchen ain't going to be good for me. You know what I'm saying, Smalls? Yeah, I, know, I, know what, I, got, I know what time it is. I'm picking up what you're exactly. throwing Exactly. Sometimes it's not what you say. It's how you say it, guys. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. I ordered the broccoli. Did I? I maybe I didn't make Make myself clear. You know, if you put it on you, maybe then the waiter won't be upset. You just with took you. way too much blame in that spot, though, the way you just presented sure, it. Sure, but if I want the correct order and I don't want it to come out mangled, I have to say it was my bad that I didn't speak up clear enough. 
I just heard that as mangled, like Nick Mangled is what I just heard that as. Why did your mind go there? Because when you said mangled, (laughs) I thought you said mangled. I don't know. Anyway, Pat, that's it? Done? I got one more quick one. Okay, go ahead. I don't think I need the NFL to play in London or Germany. I I think I'm fine with them playing in the United States. I don't think these games have been very good ever. Oh, I completely disagree with you, Pat. I love waking up to football. I love it. I'm team Pat. Get, get up, get some breakfast, you and you turn it on, and you got football. Though, that they were there for a week? Yes, uh, well, of course. It's hard to say because, I mean, the Buffalo yes. Bills, you say yes, but I, I think NFL players are creatures of habit. And if you're able to maintain your routine throughout the course of a week and you're just talking about flying in 15 hours before kickoff like the Bills did – it's it's I don't know. I feel like it's an advantage sleeping in your own bed. I, I do. I mean, I don't know. I, I would I would much prefer to do what the Buffalo Bills did than to have to be in London for the last two weeks. Interesting. Even though it's a really long flight by NFL standards. It's not longer than going to Seattle from New York or going to California from New York. So now, I would just think that the Jaguars have an advantage by being there for a full week. Kind of getting accustomed. That, that, to that sounds there. good. I remember Hurricane Sandy. The Pittsburgh Steelers flew into MetLife Stadium, beat the brakes off of us the same day, and flew out of town. Mike Tomlin wasn't wasn't a great advantage. Mike Tomlin <laughs> wasn't. Mike. They flew in day of the game, beat the brakes off of us, and flew out of town. <laughs> there goes your advantage. <laughs> Mike Tomlin advantage. That's the advantage. That's the advantage of where everyone is. Mike Tomlin. Dak and the Cowboys pull a no show. Have they shown us who they really are? We'll get to that next on Sportsman like ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.